I've entitled the message this morning, Fellowship Determines Leadership. The word followers is a word that Christians use often. Also, the word leadership is another. Some will say, when asked about their faith, I am a Christian. Others will say, I'm a Baptist. Some will say, I am a follower. Others will say, I am a believer. I want you to get focused today as to what you are if you're a child of God. Now, if you're not a child of God, you can be. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But as we look through this scripture, I want you to pick up on something I have picked up on recently. As we think about the future of our church, as we think about the past, as we think about the present, as we think about the future of our nation, of our church, our family, listen carefully today as we will look at things maybe in a little different way than you have ever looked at them before. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, these are the words that I want you to hear. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, those that follow him are called followers. When you think about your life and this scripture, when Jesus came into your life, if he has, and if you've invited him, you've confessed your sins, repented of your sins, turned from them, and got on a new path and became a follower of Jesus, he has said, Follow me to all of his disciples. I'm entitling the message, Fellowship versus Leadership. We like to be leaders. We hear the word, I'm a born leader, or that person is a born leader. I want to argue the point that we're not called to be leaders, we're called to be followers. Our goal is to follow Jesus. You don't want to follow anyone until you know what they're following not what their leadership skills are. You want to stay focused on where are they going? Now, we know where Jesus was going, and we say, I'm following him. He was here in the beginning, and he's going to be here forever and forever and forever, and every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Now, let me just ask you a question to all of us. Question number one, would you like to make a real impact on your generation for the glory of God. Now think what I just said. Not be successful in anything other than bringing glory to God through your life. Does that mean anything to you? Do you understand the importance of that? Because the Bible says when we become a believer, old things pass away and everything becomes new. That means that our priorities are different than what they used to be. I can remember growing up, you've heard me say this before, when I was very, very young and, and asked the question, what are you going to do, or what do you want to be when you grow up? 
And uh, I said, anything God wants me to be. That was my feeling at the age of seven. At the age of 15, when God was calling me into the ministry, I knew that what I wanted to be was what he wanted me to be. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. When you follow him, he decides who you will be and where you will be and how you will live your life and what you will say no to and what you will say yes to. Let me ask you another question. Do you understand that being a follower of Jesus allows you to experience things in your life that have a major impact, not only on your life, but on the life of others. Do you understand that? We don't live on an island. We live in a midst of millions and millions of people. We have those around us that are our age. We have those around us that are older than we are. We have those around us that are younger than we are. We have those around us that are different from us. But God says, follow me. And I will put you into the equation. I will put you into life's drama. I will put you where I want you to be to do what I want you to do because you're my follower. You have chosen to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Now, when you begin to realize what I have just said, it becomes very serious. Because one of these days, we will give an account to God. Did we really follow him when we set out on what we call the Christian journey or life? of following Jesus. Real Christianity as is a real and a dynamic way that you live your life every day. Amen. It's nothing common about it. Whether you live in Houston or the uttermost part of the world, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. We sang that growing up. Every day is different. Every day God puts us in different situations. And we handle those situations not based on our leadership skills. We, we handle those situations based on our fellowship. Are we following Jesus? Have I missed it somewhere? Did I fall off the wagon? Did I get out of the narrow road that leads to eternal life and few there are that find it? Where am I? Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. You see, the goal is to follow him. And then when you follow him, he decides whether or not you will be a leader. And if you are going to be a leader, he will decide what you're going to lead, who you're going to lead, and where you're going to lead them to. That's your call. That's your commitment. I'm buried with Christ in baptism. I'm raised to walk in a new life. What is that new life? Fellowship. 
I didn't get saved walking because I was walking with Jesus. We got saved because we weren't walking with Jesus. We were lost. Nobody was teaching us how to be bad. We just came that way. And one day, somewhere, at some place, at some time, Jesus Christ became our Lord as well as our Savior. And from that moment, we began the journey. So I want to stop just a moment and give you just a pause, a dramatic pause, for you to answer this question to yourself. Do you see yourself today as a leader or as a follower? Now, folks, it is possible for us to get too, too focused on the leader than the follower. God says, I want you to be a follower. And wherever you lead, wherever he leads, I will go. I love that song. Everybody knows that that knows me well. We sing that for invitation all the time. Wherever he leads, that's where I'm going to go. I don't get up every morning thinking for a new idea, a creative idea, another way to do things. I get up every day, want to know what's God up to, because I want to get in on it. What's he got planned for this Sunday? What's he got planned for tomorrow? None of us know what another day is going to bring, but I know the one who does know what's planned. I want to be ready for it. I don't know what they're going to say on any of the news stations. I know this, they don't say the same thing. They seem like they all say something different, so I don't want to get confused. You're like a termite in a yo-yo trying to watch news. But I know the good news. I know that everything that's going on in our world today, this book says it will happen. It is happening. But there's a future for failures. There is a home for those that are lost. There is a place called heaven reserved for God and his followers. Let me ask you something. When God sent Jesus to the world, God the Father sent Jesus, his only begotten son, did he send Jesus to this world to find him leaders? Or did he send Jesus to the world to get him followers? I will take the secondary one. Jesus came to seek and to save those which are lost. All of us have been there, lost, born lost. All of us are not leaders, but we are all given the opportunity to be followers of Jesus Christ. When non-believers see many of us, they oftentimes get a, get a distorted portrayal of what Christians are, are like, what, what we're really alike. They don't see in us many times Jesus. In fact, they see the contrary. Many have heard people say, well, if you're a Christian, why did you do that? Well, you wouldn't act like that if you were really a Christian. You wouldn't do that if you were really a Christian. Well, we better listen to what they're saying. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're one of them. And they're just reminding you. You think you're up here. You're right down here where we are. You're right here, same spot, doing the same things in the same way that we do it. But then you come up and say, well, I'm a Baptist. 
I'm a Christian. I believe in God. That won't cut it, folks. Are you a follower? Born again, follower of Jesus Christ. If you're a real born-again Christian, hear me. You're not going to be satisfied when you discover I'm not going to hell, but I'm going to heaven. That's not what satisfies you. What satisfies you is when you know you're a Christian, you know you're born again, you know you're following Jesus, and you look around and you see some people that are following Jesus because one day they met you and you led them to Jesus. They were lost. I mean, we get excited now if we can just find a new way to get out of Houston. If somebody explains to us, well, try this one, try this one, try that road. So we try that one. And there's construction going on there too, it seems like. (laughs) But God is saying to us that if you will have a true relationship with me as a true follower of Jesus Christ, and you know me, as your Lord and your Savior, then you are on a continual pursuit with a passion to be like Jesus. We sing that song, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. That's all I ask is what? To be like him. That's the goal. That's the goal a true follower of Jesus can be a powerful leader. A powerful leader. Because the traits that Jesus had where people would come for miles and miles and give their life, be executed willfully just to follow Jesus. True followers of Jesus Strive to show non-believers what Jesus is like. Did you hear me? We don't try to tell them how bad they are. We try to tell them how good God is. We try to tell them there is one that still loves you. There is one that can still forgive you. There is one that can give you eternal life. There is one that can heal the sick and raise the dead. There is one, and it's not me, but I know who it is. And I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to do what? Keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. What have we committed ourselves and everything we have? Let me tell you, when we get on touchy subjects like divorce, money, around the church, those kind of things. People go crazy. You know, talk about drinking, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm just not going to go there no more. Don't worry about that. God's not checking up what churches you've joined or hadn't joined. You know what he's looking for? Are you following me? That's all he's looking for. Are you following me? And yea, though I go through the valleys of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. I know where I'm going because I'm following him. And you know what? 
If you say, I just can't keep up with him. You know what he does? When you can't keep up with him, you fall flat on your face. He picks you up and carries you. That's fellowship. That's Christianity. That's what God is all about. Following Jesus from the beginning of our salvation to the time of our death. Follow, follow, follow. Evangelism was a constant thrust in the life of Jesus Christ and those that were closest to him. They gave their life, executed, because they wanted people to hear about Jesus. Jesus was the first to do that. He laid down his life in order that we could follow him. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save those which are lost. The last words that God said to Simon Peter, and what a character he was, was follow me. Follow me, Peter. Follow me, John. Follow me, Joe. Follow me, Sally. Follow me, Linda. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I got it. I got it. Get your hands off the steering wheel. I got it. If you're ever in an airplane and you don't know how to fly an airplane and a motor starts sputtering, don't grab the yoke. Let the pilot handle it. And when you get in this world and the wheels are coming off in your life, you need to go back to the one that created the heavens and the earth and put this whole story together. And his simple words to us are, follow me and I will. That's it. That's it. Mark 1, 17, Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. Then in John 21, 22, Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what's that to you? You follow me. Let me tell you something, Christian folks, quote, unquote. Before you get in too much of a heated argument about other things other than following Jesus, as quick as you can, shut your mouth. Make them think you don't know what you're talking about rather than you proving that you don't know what you talk about. <laughs> Keep them in doubt. Let go and let God. Our nation needs to be turned over to God. He could straighten it out. God's in control. I love America. I want to see God triumph and that when the trumpet blows and the dead in Christ rise, that American graveyards will open up and those that are alive and remain will be called to meet the Lord in the air. I just hope there's some that are alive and remain that are still following Jesus. Because we've got a leader, lots of spiritual leaders, lots of spiritual leaders, my dear friend, that are not following Jesus. They have come up with a new methodology to get people to come and listen to what they present. Jesus said, follow me, follow me. Some people will say, I'm a believer. Some say, I'm a Christian. Some say, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Catholic. But when we're followers of Jesus Christ, we're free from bondage. Through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are equipped to follow him. So now I've got to ask you another question. 
Are you a devoted follower of Jesus? Or do you like to use this phrase, I'm a Christian? How many times have you heard that? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, are you a believer or are you a follower? In other words, you say, well, I've got my opinion on that subject. Uh, we don't have a, <laughs> we can't have opinion. God, that's not an opinion. He's Lord. If he, if, he, if he says it, you don't have to argue with him. You say, but I'm a born leader. No, if you're born again, you're a follower. You are not the boss in anything. He is, and he alone. All of these denominational labels, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying they are what they are. You know, we've got all the different kinds of cars, and we've got all the different kinds of churches. But that's not the issue. The issue is, are you following Jesus? Does your vocabulary indicate that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Does your priorities indicate that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? If you're in love with Jesus, why do you get so upset if somebody uses the word G-I-V-E, give, and you go stark raving mad? I ain't going back to that church anymore. That's all I talk about. Giving, 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 giving. Let me tell you something, friend. If you've got anything, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father. And if you're broke, you're broke, and God loves poor people. And some of us are that way. But you know what? The gates of pearl, walls of jasper, streets of gold, let's go get them. I'm talking about lost people. Let's tell them. Jesus loves you. This I know because the Bible tells us so. We, uh, and I'm going to get off this real quick. We need to get rid of a bunch of labels and quit just simply saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm moving on with him day by day. Anytime I think of those three words, I'm a follower of Jesus, it refocuses my whole brain process and heart process. That's who I am. That's who I have been since the age of seven, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I am accountable, and you are accountable, if you're a follower of Jesus, of every day and every minute of every day for the rest of your life life. Now, let me give you a little bit of caution. This affects everybody, everybody, including this preachers, this preacher. Many believers believe that Jesus exists to satisfy our needs. Now, stick with me a minute. When we pray, we need to be careful that all of our prayers don't have to do with my name is Jimmy, what you going to give me? That we don't go into the prayer room and say, here's my list, like it's Christmas and they're expecting Santa Claus to come, and here's my list. We go into prayer, be still and know that I'm God. Lord, I belong to you 
Not my will, but thine be done. Can you imagine if you'd have been on that cross in the days of Jesus, what you'd have been praying? And what did Jesus pray? If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's where we are to be in our life. Let go and let God. Quit trying to tell him what to do and what not to do. I've lived long enough that I can remember some young people I went to school with in high school, and they prayed to marry certain people. They did, and they're not married anymore. They got exactly what they asked. When they get to heaven, they're going to say, if you'd have waited on me, you should have seen what I had in store for you. Yeah, but I was looking for this and this and this, and I found it there. When you, when you become a Christian, don't expect anything other than Jesus to walk with you every moment. Whether you're awake, whether you're asleep, whether you're walking, running, sitting, standing, Regardless of your financial statement, regardless of your health condition, regardless of who you live, it makes no difference. All you're to do, and I'm to do, is simply follow him. Many deny Christ to do things their way. The Lord said, will, you say, Lord, will you? He says, no. He said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And we pay the price. You remember those words in the Bible? Love, joy, peace, grace, suffering. You remember how the father always had those things in his stories, you know, bring the fatted calf? You remember the words joy unspeakable, full of glory? Do you remember the words like a peace that passes all understanding, a grace that is abundant, and I'll have all sufficiency in all things? You remember all those passages, and there's hundreds of them. But every single time, we're reminded the best comes from God and it's there for his followers. We come and sit at his table. We enjoy his world. We're able to have his power and his strength in our life. And that's what we're able to do day after day after day. In Ephesians 3.20, the scripture says, God does exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. We could all talk about how God has blessed us beyond our forest expectations in certain areas of our life. Well, he said he would, and he certainly has done that. But I know that there's a big difference between leading and following. I don't want to be remembered as a great leader. I do want to be remembered as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to be remembered for. I followed him. I know I did as much as I could. We've all failed. We stumble, we fall, we get into storms and all this kind of thing. But the thing that the father will say, well done, quickest is the subject of you followed my son Jesus who gave his life and was buried and rose from the grave and ascended to the right hand of the father and through the power of the Holy Spirit came to live in your life and every decision you made 
He was brought into the discussion. And he always, it was his way. Not my will, not my way, but his way. I know of only one person that can say I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. I don't know anybody else. Any generation, I don't know any. I know one. What's his name? Jesus. Say it with me. Jesus. He is the one. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And we are born. We are born to be followers of Jesus. And if you don't follow him, you are not going to reap the rewards that were promised you before you were ever born. You have chosen the way of the world. If everybody's doing it, it must be the right way. This book says broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many go therein. But narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there are that find it. That is so narrow, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's come to find followers who will walk the rest of their life following him, being what he wants them to be. And when he says, well done, come on home and enjoy heaven forever and forever and forever. The Bible is filled with stories of those that thought they were great leaders. The Davids, the Samsons, the Peters, the Saul, they weren't, but they thought they were. But when they left God's will, their life began to crumble. All of us, every single one of us, need to understand if we're followers of Jesus Christ, that any risk we take is worth it. Whatever it costs, Whatever it costs. If it costs life, fine. Whatever it costs, I'm willing. Financially, positionally, literally, in years, I want to follow him and experience the power of his resurrection at the same time, the fellowship of his suffering. Any risk that any of us take to follow Jesus will be well compensated down the road and we'll say, I did the right thing. I did what God wanted me to do. For the last 2,000 years, millions, millions have followed him. Millions have become followers of Jesus. And to my little world, I've never met the first one that said I was disappointed. I've never had anybody make an appointment with me. I just came in to tell you that the biggest mistake I ever made in my life is when I gave my heart to Jesus and was born again. I've yet to see the first one. But God let me live long enough to see thousands come and say what a wonderful change in my life was wrought when Jesus came into my life. And when I decided I'm not following the crowd, I'm not following the culture, I'm not looking for my group and my bunch, I'm following him. And wherever he leads, I am going to go. One of the rewards of following Jesus is the simplicity and wonder that it brings into our life. 
everything I think of in life that has to do with a decision, I want to think in the quiet place, Lord, what's your will? What do you want? What have you for me to do? That's what you want to pray. And then follow him. The world speculates, experiments, argues, fights, marriages collapse, business fail, health leaves, and all that other stuff. But when you follow Jesus, it's life everlasting. There's nothing too hard for him. I believe that a follower of Jesus, and I'm almost through here, I believe a follower of Jesus believes what Jesus believes. I believe that a follower will hate what he hated and will love what he loved. I don't think there's any exceptions to that. If you come so entangled in the world that there's something out there in the world, I just love to do that. You know, I just love it. Everybody's having so much fun. I just can't wait to get into that. May God have mercy on you. Everybody's always telling us what to do, how to live, how to vote, how to invest, all that kind of stuff. The only thing I'm telling you to do today is follow him. Don't follow me. Don't follow me. Follow him. But I hope we can walk side by side in doing that. I hope we can kind of have a chain gang, you know. Follow the one and follow the one in front of you, okay? But starting out as a follower is an easy step, but staying on the road is a challenge. How do you get on on board? Acknowledge you're a sinner, confess your sin, repent of your sin, turn from it, ask Jesus to come into your heart, be obedient to the Lord in believer's baptism, and then say, Lord, here am I. This is the first day of the rest of my life. And by the way, when you try to bring up the past, the Lord said, I don't remember it. I put that in the bottom of the sea, and I'll remember it no more. Jesus learned how to deal with unrepentant sinners. The Bible has those stories, the tax collectors, those that were, did all kinds of sin. He knew how to handle that. And he was intolerant with the self-righteous, absolutely intolerant with religious hypocrites. He hated it. Jesus came as the son of God. Salvation came into the world, available to all. He could have chosen many leaders. Jesus could have. What was the one? What, give me one word. You don't have to say it out loud because you might be wrong, all right? <laughs> what do you want to be? A servant. A servant. He didn't say, tell everybody I'm the Savior. I'm a holy man. I'm the son of God. I'm the heir of everything. No. Uh-uh. He said, I'm going to be a servant. I want to serve others that are hurting. Are you hurting today? I know the great physician. Are you in pain today? I know the one that'll come and comfort you like you've never been comforted before. And it's not my God. It's not my Jesus. It's Jesus, God's son, who came and gave his life 
and said, when the devil comes up against you, you can't defeat him. I can't defeat him. You can't defeat him, but he can defeat him. And he says, when he comes, call me. I can handle it. And he can. He can. Servant. Servant. Follower. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Whatever the Lord says, that is what I'll do. I want to know him better. I want to serve him more faithfully. I want to stay on the road. But the true desire of the Father and the Son is for you and me to be followers of Jesus. And then he'll pick the leaders. He'll pick the situation. But he'll never leave us, nor will he forsake us.